Hello and welcome to the Emotion at Work podcast where we take a deep dive into the human condition. And uh, today's topic is going to be one that we're going to be discussing over three special edition episodes. And it's something that uh, we talked about on the podcast before. Uh, so we talked about it in the past with Amanda Arrowsmith and then uh, most recently on episode 50, where we talked about imposter phenomenon. And, uh, and my guest today is fascinated by the topic and has got some really, really interesting practical tips and ideas to share. And that's why I think it's really important that um, that we have this episode because it's what uh, my guest and I are going to talk about is um, both exploring what imposter phenomenon is and also looking at it from a particular lens with also, like I said, that practical element alongside it um, as well. So let's get our guest on the air. So I'd love to welcome to the Emotion of Word podcast, Hannah Vincent. Hello, Hannah. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. How are you? Very good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, really well. Thank you. Yeah, really well. Um, it's been a it's been a long week, and uh, I'm excited for to end it with uh, with our recording today. So yeah, yeah, doing really well. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited. I'm really curious um, doing this with you, and uh, I'm looking forward to the results. And hopefully, we can uh, share some some interesting um, facts and tips to to the audience. Um, really looking forward to share it. Good. Yeah, me too. And I think that that practical um, element, I think, is going to be really helpful. So uh, when you sent to, uh, across to me your your original um, sort of document, the thinking that you that you sent across, I thought I'd really like how how practical it is. So yeah, I'm really excited about that uh, that side of things. Now, before we get there, though, uh, as always with the Emotion of Work podcast, we need to open with our unexpected yet innocuous question. Um, so my unexpected yet innocuous question for you then, Hannah, is what flower or flowers have meaning for you? Oh, um, interesting one. There's a, quite a lot of them. And I'm not, my uh, native language is not English, so I'll have to pick one that ah. I know actually know the, the, the word in English. Um, uh, let's see. I think it's probably, um, how do you call them? I don't even know how to call them. I need to Google it. It's those little um, uh white and, and yellow flowers that are all over the grass uh, in okay. spring mm -hmm. um, where um, young girls make um, little necklaces of them and little crowns okay um, so uh, so yeah, I would call them I would call them daisies I would call them daisies daisies that's that's probably right ah, yes, okay. that, that, that's probably um, a flower that brings me a lot of joy when I start seeing them pop up um, and it really reminds me of just, um, yeah, being a little girl and making necklaces and putting them in my hair. And um, it, it evokes a lot of warm memories, let's say. Um, so, yeah, that, that oh. daisies. And thank you for the word. Oh, you're welcome. And so what would what would it be in your native tongue? Um, Madelifius. Madelifius. So, Excellent. Yeah, okay. Yes. Wonderful. You're a natural. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I now know. Uh, I now know what Daisy is. So that's good. No, that's wonderful. That's fabulous. Yeah. And so same for me. I needed a bit of a reminder, but yeah. So I, I lived in the UK for three years. Um, I consider my English to be fairly well, but these kind of specific words are always a challenge. Mm. Um, I'll do my best on this podcast, but I might, it might be at some point I need some. I, I, I will be hesitating and. and searching for words sometimes so be bear with me oh that's absolutely fine um and and that's the joy of show notes as well so um what i'll make sure we do in in the notes that accompany the show is um we'll put the the translations in um uh, as well so we'll make sure we put the madalifius is that right he, he, or, yeah madalifius yeah. yeah so you, you'll go and say here's what she actually was trying to say <laughs> yeah definitely um so I think for me, um, it's the tulip. I, uh, and, and, and if I'm honest, I've probably stolen that from my wife. Um, I was never really, I was never really into flowers when I was younger. I did used to make daisy chains, um, but I would normally make daisy chains for a girl that I liked at the time. Um, so I'd make the oh, daisy, I'd cute. make the daisy chain as like a gift or a or a way to to strike strike up a conversation. Um, 
but yeah, the I, I love. How successful was that? Uh, mixed results, I would say. Um, mixed results. Yeah, mixed results. Um, so sometimes I'd I try and rush it and then make it too small, um, and then it was like I didn't put enough effort into, um, didn't put enough effort into make it long enough to fit around the wrist or around the neck. Yeah. Um, or they'd break. Or they break. Just a crucial moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Very recognisable. Uh, and also, the more often you do it, the more uh, the more the girls realise that, that it wasn't something that was unique and special to them. Oh, so, oh yeah, that you went, you went, yeah, you went too went far. Too far. Yeah, that's um, Phil's done his mm. trick again. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I love tulips. Um, uh, we've got quite a lot of them in the garden. So when, yeah, similar to, to what you were saying earlier on, that kind of significance of spring um, uh, and and the tulips coming up and the bulbs growing is yeah is lovely. Yeah, tulips are beautiful as well. Mm. Love them. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so when when we first sort of contacted each other, I guess, or we first spoke then, you sent me uh, your book called The Masked Employee, um, and, mm -hmm. and I was really interested in that title for a couple of different reasons. So one, as regular listeners of the podcast will know, um, I've talked about the idea of, uh, of, of, of sort of face work and impression management and, and behavioral masks. Um, in the past, I was particularly interested in it, and and it was, and then when I read it and to to work out it was much more about imposter phenomenon. Um, again, I, I was interested in both the metaphor and uh, and the subject itself. So, what what kind of got you interested in imposter phenomenon and all this notion of of masking? So um, the the book is indeed about the imposter phenomenon, but it's specifically about um, um, as a manager, so it's it's really from mostly from the perspective of the manager um, and how to get the best out of people struggling um, with imposter feelings. Mm. Um, and it's a subject that um, has been breeding in my head for quite a while. Um, I work as a, a freelance consultant now since over five years. But before that, I was working um, in a big multinational company, mm -hmm. uh, you know, climbing the promotional ladder and changing roles every two or three years and um at one point i had i had quite a large team and we were going we were part the part the you and the business unit i was working in was being sold and we so we were going through this um uh, fusion with another company mm. and it was lots of changes and, and and the team really depended on me and i mean it was going well i was doing well getting lots of, of positive feedback um um and both from from the team, from my boss. So on the outside, there was nothing wrong. But what no one saw was that inside, I was terrified constantly of, of being discovered, of being found out that I was no good at managing this, and and, and I was mm. definitely not the right person. I was, um, and and so that really drained my energy. I wasn't sleeping well. I really felt like um, I was constantly putting up a show, and that's mm -hmm. really really exhausting. Um, and so at one point, I actually decided to hand in my re resignation. That's about five years now. And the official version was, uh, you know, distance because part of the, 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 the fusion was that we had to move offices. Um, um, so that was my, my official reason. Mm -hmm. But actually, the real reason was just the burden of this mask, the weight of having to carry this mask um, uh was was just too heavy for me, mm -hmm. um, uh, and and it's something I never I never I never admitted to to, to my colleagues at that time, um, but after that I did a lot of self reflection um, and I was really trying to understand where this feeling is coming from. I I knew about imposter phenomenon mm -hmm. uh, at that moment, so and and and, and um, I read a lot about it. And one of the things that I read um, and that really surprised me is how widespread this feeling is how many people mm -hmm. um struggle with this and um so i started wondering why you know i i, I worked for so long in, in in big big multinational companies that praise themselves with having really really great uh, leadership courses personal personal development courses and i just wondered why did i never hear of this if so many people struggle with it mm -hmm. um and i also wondered you know, what if I had been approached differently? What if my manager um, had had awareness about the topic, had had knowledge on, on how to approach it? Um, I'm sure that I 
I'm pretty sure I would still be there. Um, mm. And and by all means, I I'm I love my life as it is. I love the choices I've made. I'm very happy. So I really don't want to come across as 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 a victim. But it, it is it is something that I started wondering. Like I don't think it's so difficult to um, to um, to make an impact as a manager. Mm. Um, but there's very little um, that is written about it. If you go on the internet, it's all about self-help. It's all about ticks and tricks, how to over- overcome your own um, uh, feelings and, and, and struggles, which is which is useful, mm-hmm. well, sometimes useful, sometimes not so much. Um, but, but very rarely is it about, you know, as a manager, probably, um, you know, several of your team members struggle with it. What do you do? Uh, and so that's how I got into um, writing this 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 little book, which isn't actually a book. It's more like a, a script or something mm-hmm. for an audio book that I'm working on. Um, but yeah, so that's that's that that's how I got uh, got into it. Okay. Um, and and uh, I want to make sure we we come back and, and we focus on what you were we were referring to there about. I wonder how it might have been different if if my manager had known about it and if my manager had maybe been able to help me and and that would bring us back to the um to the practical suggestions and things um before i do that though would it be okay if i asked you just a couple more questions um about your experience of it would that be okay absolutely yeah so you mentioned that it was the the weight of the mask um that kind of got you to that point where where you said you know i i can't do it anymore i'm going to hand in my resignation um, did that mask get heavier over time or was it just that you've been holding that weight for so long you just couldn't hold it anymore if I stick with the metaphor um, I think for me um, the mask was um, heaviest at the beginning of my career mm-hmm. um, and, and, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll get to that a bit later, but I think in general, over time, um, it, it it gets better with experience, with time, with knowledge of what you're able to do, what your capabilities are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also peaks at certain moments and it peaks um, at moments of transition, when you enter a ro- new role, when you start leading a new team. Those are typically when the the weight of the mask gets gets really heavy mm. and it also really depends on who is your manager at that time and if it's something you're able to discuss with them if you're able to um show your struggles or if you have to carry that on your own um and that for me was was also a big one um because um i didn't have that at that moment and uh, it, it just was. I, I panicked. It was a um, fight or flight reaction. Mm. Um, and and again, it's it's it, it's it was a good choice at that moment um, for me. I don't regret it. Um, but I think it could have gone. It could have gone differently, very differently. Okay. And you also mentioned earlier on that it, it was widespread. So, are there any estimates in terms of you know kind of uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, if it, the number that often comes back is is seventy percent, so um, the, it's estimated that about seventy percent um, of the people at one point will experience um, these fraudulent feelings, which is huge. I mean, seventy percent. That means that you know lots of people around you feel it, and if you're not feeling it, at least. You know, many of your colleagues do. Mm. Um, but of course, what I want to emphasize is that not all 70% will experience this, experience this as, as problematic um, in, in the long term. And I would even say it's perfectly normal to, to from time to time, have these feelings. Mm-hmm. It's even maybe healthy because it, it allows, it, it, it nudges you into self-reflection. Uh, it, 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 it's, 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 um, it shows that you're capable of being self-critical critical of, 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 of trying to work on yourself. So 
it's not at all a negative thing. It's 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 maybe even the opposite of arrogance. Um, but of course, um, if this is an issue in the long term, like it was uh, with me, and if these thoughts are actually impacting your performance and your your well being at work, and if they do so over over a long period of time, months, years then it becomes problematic and, and it can lead to all kinds of, uh, in my case, I just uh, throw in the dice, or how do you call it in, in English? I, I, yeah. I, I gave up, yeah. I, I handed in my resignation, but it could lead to burnout, it could lead to depression, anxiety, um, etc. Mm. So yeah, 70% is the number, but not not all of those 70%, um, of course, will see it as, as something that's problematic. Mm. Uh, and, and I think the, the point you made earlier on um, about how the, the a change in context um, or, or a change in situation or differences in situations um, may make those feelings more or less intense or, or they may last for, for more or less time. So you, you described about how mm-hmm. they're taking on a new role or, or taking on a new responsibility or, or maybe a promotion or a new moving into a new business or a new part of the organization, those 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 occasions can be when the feelings can be stronger. And I think that's where um, Rosie Clance and Suzanne Imes um, kind of tr- try and make the distinction between, and I think we, I don't think we've used the words imposter syndrome yet, which is what's often used. Um, yeah, they, they very yeah. much advocate for the use of a of phenomenon instead, because it, it can fluctuate and change over time. So whilst you might feel it for, for one section of time, whether that could be a few minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, it may then pass and, and, and not appear again for... Here's what I found. Oh, sorry. My watch managed to, to hear me then, so I'll, I'll try that one again. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, yeah, so, so um, Clance and Imes then talked about how um, it's more of a, a phenomenon than it is a syndrome. Yeah. Uh, because, Absolutely. yeah, because of I those... Yeah, yeah, well. mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. It sounds it sounds a bit medical. It sounds a bit like a disease if you say the, the syndrome, mm. and um, it, it, it's more like um, it's described. Um, it's described as as and I quite like that that, that description as as a form of intellectual self doubt um, where. Um, your inner critic prevents you to believe in in the qualities and the achievements that other people um, attribute to you or associate mm. um, you with, um, and so the result is that you constantly um, have the feeling that you're pretending, really. So that that's where the mask the mask comes from. You're constantly feeling like you're wearing a mask, and you're pretending to be that person that they think you are. Mm. Um, which is exhausting. And and either, and I'm happy for you to interpret this question uh, either as a question for you from for your experience and or from um, you know, for, from what the research says in terms of impulsive phenomenon. So what what happens sort of for an individual? You know what what are they thinking or, or what are the stories that they're kind of hearing in in their head when when that impulsive phenomenon mm. is is there. Yeah, I I see it, and the way I described it in the book is, I I think there's primarily um two um, thought mechanisms or thought reflexes um, that happen um, um, inside inside the, the the brain or the mind of of the imposter. Mm-hmm. I, I say the imposter, I, you know what I mean? It's yes. Just because person struggling with imposter feelings is, is a bit long. So, um, and and those two thought mechanisms, I call them the shield and the sponge. And 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 if we start with the Please. shield, and I'll yeah. give some personal examples as well. Um, the shield um, is basically um, a, a mechanism that deflects any recognition um, or success that is um, that is uh, attributed to the person and makes it very difficult um, to accept and internalize, absorb really uh, any positive feedback or personal achievements or success. Um, and so, what what they'll do is um, when these praises or recognitions, when it comes their way, they'll they'll very be very quick to push them aside and write them off as. Um, uh, uh, 
you know, due to external factors, like it was just good luck or it's, I was just lucky with the timing mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, uh, this or this or this colleague actually contributed uh, just as much or um, uh, it could be all kinds of uh, excuses, but they, it's very difficult for mass employees to um, absorb or internalize the, the, the praise that they're given. Um, and, um, and even, even worse, because they don't feel likely they deserve the praise or the award or any, or the promotion even, um, these kind of recognitions may even end up worsening their impulsive feelings because they just consider them to be the results of their efforts of keeping up appearances mm. um, and it just adds to the pile of the evidence that will you know um, come to light when they are finally unmasked uh, or finally discovered and I, I really like I, I read uh, a quote of um, Emma Watson who, who who described just that she said um, she, she, she said at one point it's almost like the better I do the more my feeling of inadequacy increases because at one point, point so somebody's going to find out that I'm a total fraud and uh, I don't deserve any, any of, of what I've achieved. And that's, you know, said by Emma Watson, who's a great actress. Mm. And I, I think there was another actress who, who won an Oscar and she said, you know, it, winning an Oscar actually made my imposter feelings worse. Um, so it's this really twisted thought process that is often very difficult to understand for people who never experiences. Like, how can you feel like like this, how you can feel like a fraud when, when you've achieved so much. Mm. Um, and, and, and for me, this shield has always been very powerful. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. At one point we had these, um, award and recognition, um, uh, sessions when there was like a huge, a big international sales meeting. And it was moments where, you know, at the end of the meeting, they, they would, um, call people to the stage and, and hand them out a, an award for an achievement or something. And, um, at one point, uh, those moments were just nerve wracking for me because exposure means a risk of being discovered. Um, as a, as an imposter, you always want to stay under the radar mm. because, you know, they might find out if 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 you actually um, uh, get get any attention. And so, at one point, um, my my name was called out. So, worst case scenario, I got I had to go on the stage and accept an award. And I can still remember vividly by the time I'd gotten off the stage and my colleagues came to me to to congratulate me. I, I had. I had my defense mechanism basically had kicked in and I had come up with a whole story of, you know, it's, it's not actually about my achievement. I was just, you know, politically the least sensitive person to get the award because this one would have, would have, would have made it politically uh, awkward mm -hmm. and, and, and that other person couldn't have been it. So they had to choose me. I mean, I, I constructed this whole narrative about, you know, why, why, um, why the award came to me instead of just saying, thank you. I appreciate mm. it. Um, that it's just a, a very powerful, um, powerful reflex. Mm. Um, and, 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 and if I, if I can give another example, um, yeah. I, um, when I was leading, uh, uh, I stepped into a role of team leader at one point. I was leading a team that wasn't in a great shape. Um, the the previous manager um, wasn't very appreciated. There was a bad atmosphere. There wasn't a lot of trust. People didn't feel they were treated fairly, didn't feel that they were granted the opportunities that they, they, they should be granted. Um, so it was it was just a deflated, um, not very agreeable, um, team atmosphere. And so I, I made it as one of my priorities to, to fix this. And, and so I spent a lot of time talking to all the individuals, um, going out to lunch with them, talking about, um, you know, their expectations, how they wanted to be treated. I changed some, the team meetings, did some team building, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I worked really hard. And then at one point, I think about six months after I was, I stepped into the role, there was this um, employee survey that went out every year where um, engagement was measured mm -hmm. so that they would measure the engagement towards the company, towards the, the team, towards the manager. And the re results came back and they were actually really strong, um, a, a huge increase versus, versus the, the previous year. And my first reaction, which I, I, I can still feel even, was just sheer panic um, because I 
needed to get out of there before the next um, survey would launch the next year because by then they would have figured me out and I would have terrible scores and, and, and I needed to get away. Um, which is a strange mm. reaction, right? If you if you think about it, um, but that's how powerful this shield is. Um, and by then, I knew about the imposter phenomenon, and um, and so you would think, you know, you would recognize it, check first step. But it doesn't mean that because you know it doesn't make you feel different. So that's still another another step um, in, 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 in your self-management. But yeah, just to show this, this shield um, is, is a really powerful um, reflex, mm-hmm. um, I'd say. And I really like the framing of both the, the, the shield and the sponge as a reflex. I think that's a, that's a, lovely, that's a lovely way to frame it. Um, um, yeah, it's an it's unintentional. It's it, th- that's why I like to call it a reflex. It's just something that happens instantly, mm. um, without you having any any control over it, really. Okay. So if that's if that's the um, shield, tell me about the sponge then. So what's the sponge reflex? Yeah, yeah. So the sponge is 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 the opposite. Actually, the sponge the sponge is 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 constantly on the lookout for proof of your incapability or your inability or your the, the proof that you're not right for the job mm-hmm. um so while um they will link their accomplishments and their successes to chance they'll on the contrary take on all the blame for any failures or even you know minor errors um, um and 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 they will take it, a, it it as a proof of their lack of intelligence or skill or something um i i'm i consider myself an absolute pro in in this area very good at it um magnifying small mistakes um and 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 turning you know even a well-meant constructive feedback into into undeniable proof that i'm 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 I'm, i shouldn't be there Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was especially true at the start of my career um and the slightest hiccup um would leave me completely paralyzed um where I saw my, my, you know, more confident colleagues, because I started in sales, so you have the typical sales profile, which, you know, attracts more confident people uh, than average. Um, and and I, I'd look at them and they would just brush off mistakes and say, oh, it's no big deal or everybody makes mistakes or even blame someone else. And I would just look at them. How how, how do they manage to do mm-hmm. that? Um, I, that? That was something that for me was was really hard to understand. Um, and um, uh, and and yeah, it's typical for for imposters to overestimate and overvalue the qualities of their of their peers and feel threatened by it. And that's actually one of the things that for me, I really regret, because it it hampers your growth. It 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 shuts you down for for growth, and um, it, it it sabotages any open to learn mentality that you should have to do, to start developing um and one one of the examples um um to illustrate mm-hmm. that is um we had at my company we had this um often even international sh- we call it share and reapply sessions where people showcase a case or um, show um, an achievement and and the objective really is learning so that you learn from one another so nobody reinvents the wheel um, and it's supposed to be inspiring and it's it's supposed to you know one make you want to learn and 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 grow and for me these sessions were just absolutely daunting because um they just uh Every every case that one of my peers would present in another country or, or, or within my team would just show me that I wasn't capable of doing that, even if I had cases myself. Um, but it was just every time this looking up and feeling small that is really paralyzing mm-hmm. um, and seeing proof of your inability everywhere, um, which is just a, a, a self-sabotaging mechanism and, and, and reflex that... Um, that that really needs a lot of experience to to grow out. And uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was thinking. Sorry, my apologies, okay. Hannah. Um, I was thinking. Um, uh, so I, I I was trying to take in everything that I started trying. I was taking in everything that you said and thinking, wow. Um, uh, uh, and I suppose in um, if I then. So I was thinking, wow, because 
because of the, the the vividness with which with which you described it and the I could I could feel the feelings that that you were describing um, as you were describing it because it was so vivid um, uh, and and I think and I was then putting myself in the um, in, in my sort of putting myself back in time when I was a manager um, and thinking would I have been equipped so would, would I have been would I have been equipped to 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 help someone who was feeling who was mm. feeling those feelings if that makes sense yeah because um, mm-hmm. I because I could yeah. imagine as the manager I might also think you know what I'd just rather Hannah just sort of that self that stuff out for herself thanks that'd be just a lot easier because then I wouldn't I, I, like I wouldn't have to, to to worry about it so what is it that what is it yeah. that make that what are we advocating for here to say why managers should be interested in this and why this is something that they should care about? Mm. Yeah, yeah, very good question because it could be yeah. Why should I fix this? And and and, and absolutely, I'm a huge advocate for self management. It's important to work on yourself, um, but. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of reasons why it's also in the best interest of the manager to um, um, to, to, to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I think research has shown that people suffering with imposter feelings are often very um, intelligent, um, high achieving and very conscientious uh, employees that set the bar very high for themselves. So I think they're definitely very valuable to the organization. They're, they're the typical um it's so-called insecure overachievers. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- they are very valuable, um, uh, and 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 so getting them the maximum out of them will definitely benefit um, the business and the organization. Um, but second, also, is that um, imposter thoughts can result in behavior that is actually hampering um, a successful business outcome. Um, so, for example, a very typical type of behavior is holding back. I've already mentioned yeah. flying under the radar, uh, not speaking up during meetings. Um, they're constantly censoring their own thoughts during a meeting because they just don't believe that their ideas or their remarks can be can be valuable or it might even be completely off the mark. And imagine that because that would definitely expose them, you know, as being as being a fraud. Um, so, as a manager, you potentially missing out on some some valuable input um, uh, and, and and preventing you from making the best decisions um, so, so so that's that's one example but also um, you know I like I said it earlier they they, they might go um, in, in the anxiety or or, or the, the the stress might drive them into into burnout or dis, or depression which is uh, the, the the disease of our time um, which um, which immediately affects you as a manager um, and I think I, I'm really convinced um, that by doing just a, a couple of things differently and it doesn't take a lot of effort could just make a huge huge um, difference for um for the person you're managing um and 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 that's why i'm 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 trying to 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 get this out uh, because i knew for me at least it would have made a huge a huge difference with with not a whole lot of effort i believe so i mentioned in the intro that that this is the the first of three um three different episodes um, all around imposter phenomenon. So as, as we start to bring this first episode, I guess, towards a close, we've talked about um, what the phenomenon is. We've talked about um, how widespread it might be. We've talked about um, what might be happening in somebody's mind. And, and you've done, given those great examples of those reflexes of the shield and the sponge. Um, we've explored um, you know, what the reasons for, for, for why managers would be interested or, or, or bothered by it. Um, but I suppose what, what would also help if, if I was a manager then would be to think about but if I were, if I wanted to unlock the potential of imposters in my team, I would, the first thing I need to do would be to identify those people that might be struggling with it. So is there something mm-hmm. practical about how I could do that? How could I recognize those people that might be um, struggling with imposter phenomena? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually um, a very important first step, um, and, and and not necessarily the easiest one. Um, simply because um, research has shown that when people are asked to describe these imposter feelings, it's mostly uh, expressed as feelings of shame. Um, and obviously, when people feel ashamed, the most common reaction is going to be to not talk about it mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and hide it. Um, so I think it's fair to say they won't come knocking on your door saying, hey, I've got these feelings. Can you please help me? Yeah. Um, quite the contrary. So they're, they're usually very good at hiding their feelings. Um, when when I had handed in my, my, my resignation and I talked to a couple of colleagues afterwards and I... I, um, I um, I confessed to them these about, that I had these fraudulent feelings and how they had really clouded my my confidence and my career. Their reaction was, um, they were quite, they were really surprised and they they said, "How how is this possible when you always seem so calm and composed?" Now I can tell you, calm and composed was the opposite of what was going <laughs> in my mind um, at that time. So, um, so so yes, a lot of people are very good at hiding it. Um, so when it comes to identifying them in our team, you might you might need to you know um, dig a bit deeper and, and and look a bit further than 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 just a facade. Mm. Um, but there are a couple of um, predictors or uh, cues that could um, help you place the right people on your your radar, um, and there's in particular um, three three um, predictors I would say um, mm-hmm. that, that that could be useful. First is there's a couple of high incidence groups, just groups where um, that proportionally have a high number of imposters in them. Um, secondly, we could look at um, language and what's typical like typical choice of words. Um, that they might use, and then uh, third, um, we've briefly touched upon it, is is what type of behaviors could help you recognize them. Okay. Um, so if we look at high incidence groups, the first mm-hmm. one is a little bit um, controversial. Not everybody agrees, but um, it's women, mm-hmm. um, uh, and um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the Barbie. F- film um recently no i haven't yet um, no so it's on it's yeah, on my list to yeah, it's on my list to, um, to watch but no i haven't managed to get to the cinema yet right. but even if you haven't if you're on any, on any kind of social media it's all about you know how women are approached differently still how they're dressed differently and it is still true um we we, we know from research that uh, women are unfortunately still approached differently even as, as young girls growing up they will receive on average less compliments they will be less you know, stimulated to take risk, to express themselves. Um, uh, and um, there's one woman who is really an expert in the field of um, imposter phenomenon, which is um, Dr. Valerie Young. And she says that um, f- uh, women are actually more likely when there's a setback or a failure, they're more likely to um, um, blame themselves and blame it on on their own actions, while men are more, pro- more prone to, to blame outside factors. Um, mm-hmm. And another interesting observation is that research shows that on average, men and women have kind of a similar um, comparable IQ. Um, however, when women are asked how they would assess their own IQ, um, they assess it on average 10% lower than average, where men assess it about 10% above average. So that shows just how, you know, women are just more prone to having these feelings and are more in a way you know, receptive to the, the the voice of their inner critic. Um, but there is some discussion about it, and, and some research suggests that men experience it equally mm-hmm. as much as women. Um, it could also just be that it surfaces more with me- women because there's more of a stigma with men, mm-hmm. and they're afraid of being labeled weak um, or incompetent. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are men coming forward. I don't know if you've seen the Louis Capaldi um documentary on netflix at all. i have yeah um yeah so he talks about it he talks mm-hmm. about um uh, imposter feelings and uh, he even wrote a song about it i think it's 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 called i'm a pretender something mm-hmm. yeah nice song um so yeah but so women is 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 commonly uh, accepted as being a, a high incidence group um the second one um is minority groups um mm-hmm. uh it, this one is about people 
both coming from minority backgrounds or people that suffer from um, a disability, for example, um, they easily feel like they're an outsider and like they don't belong. And so it makes them very vulnerable to these um, imposter feelings. Um, but I would like to, in, this, in, 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 in the case of imposter feelings, I think that the concept of minorities can even be interpreted more broadly, um, broader than just race or gender or sexual orientation. Um, I would argue that actually from the moment pe people feel like they're an outsider, um, there is a higher chance of, of, of imposter feelings popping up. And if you're, for example, even if it's just character, if you're the quiet one in a team of very confident, um, extroverted people and they all get along really well and the manager is also very confident and extroverted and, and, and they, 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 they really fit together, you might easily link this connection to a higher know appreciation uh, among each other and 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 you feel you're not living up to the same standards so it's whenever you feel like you're a minority uh, makes you more um, vulnerable to 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 these feelings um another maybe i just wanted to touch also in in, in this context on on diversity quota which mm -hmm. um you know is a is a hot topic in, in in a lot of companies these days and rightfully so i'm all for it um but the flip side of that one also um and i've experienced that more than once um is that you know that the aim to get more women or people of color in senior positions for example um makes sometimes these people feel that they got the promotion or they were hired just because, um, mm -hmm. you know, they're a woman or a gay or dark skinned person. Um, and, and, and that combined with, you know, remarks that other people make, or I don't stand any chance. I'm just a white heterosexual man. Mm -hmm. Um, um, often makes them feel like they have to work extra hard to be to be worthy of it um, and it makes them again um more more vulnerable to to these people so um so so, so, so I, I don't have the answer to it because i i think it's it, it's good to have these diverse decoder but but there is a, a a flip side to it definitely yeah um, I, I i think that the um there's a the i'm, I'm a what's the word i'm looking for the the systemic nature of um, groups and society and business and um, uh, and individuals I, I I find absolutely fascinating um, yeah. and I think what what you're talking about there within um, within that first area of high incidence groups is both is some of the constructive and the destructive aspects of, of those societal system those those societal systems or those um uh the, the systems for example yeah that the, the natural um i say the natural that's not the right phrase the commonplace um competitive nature of of, of organizations um especially if you're looking in in more individualistic cultures where you know it's the performance of the individual as compared with others that that succeeds um mm -hmm. that that's that system of reward in and of itself by definition creates those that, that have to be excluded because at some point if you're going to do a false distribution which a lot of organizations will do you know some people will be at the top and some people will be at the bottom because we're forcing we're forcing a distribution in that way because of the the systems that we have in place and that system in in and of itself can emphasize emphasize yeah, emphasize, reinforce, or maybe increase the intensity of imposter feelings, mm -hmm. um, which has got nothing to do with the individual and all to do with the system. Um, and, and I think organizations yeah. and, and, and managers forget that, I think. Um, so one thing I, I talked about in episode 50 was the idea that um, you as a manager or you as, a, as an owner of a business or you as a director in a company may well be creating imposters because of the systems and processes that you have in place so you might be creating the situations that allow those that feel imposter phenomenon feelings you you might be creating the conditions that allow those feelings to grow so it's actually not about the individual and it's not the individual's fault at all it's actually the, the no. fault of the system that you have um exactly have in place. And, and in these yeah and in these cases um you might argue that you know, you you don't you don't 
struggle with imposter feelings. You're made to struggle. Um, You're made to have these imposter feelings because of the environment and all all the biases and all the, yeah, the systemic, um, how do you say it? Yeah. um, yeah, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, the systemic components yeah. or the the, exactly. yeah. Yeah, the the systemic overlaps. Yeah. Because if you ask the ask one of the challenges, you put you put a load of you know you you described a number of different things within that, um, and you said if you feel like an if you feel like an outsider that can uh, amplify those those imposter feelings, um, and that mm-hmm. feeling like an outsider can be created by the systems and processes that. Um, individual yeah. managers or organizations as a, as a whole. Um, exactly. And you know, so it's place, really so. crucial. Yeah. So it's really crucial that managers are aware of their own biases. Yes. Um, and that they're aware of um, the the environment and the, the, the atmosphere they're creating. Um, and only when they're aware, they will, they will know how they, they will, they will be open to, to, you know, they, realizing how this um, impacts the people in their team but this awareness of bias is is often a a challenge Um, but that's something that you know organizations um, should really work on Um, that's not something you as an individual can change and I think absolutely and and I think that's a big reason why I wanted to get you on the podcast because I think what could what can a podcast do? Can a podcast change an organization or change a company or change a, a, a 50, 60 year old reward and recognition system? No, it probably can't. What can a podcast mm-hmm. do? It can support uh, It can support small change in, in terms of supporting a manager, for example, who's thinking, yeah, you know what? I might have somebody in my team that experiences these feelings and how can I help them? Um, and so yeah, that's why when, absolutely. you know, when you sent your, um, your thinking and your writing through, I was, uh, I really wanted to, to get you on as a guest. So, um, well, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, so, so we talked about three then, didn't we? So we said there were three sort of categories, you didn't use the word categories, yeah. three. So that, yeah, sorry. Cues. Yes, cues. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So high instance group mm-hmm. was one. And then we had language and behaviors were the other two. Language, so where do you want to go next? Yeah. Language? Yeah. Yeah, so language, um, um, imposters can involuntarily, uh, I'd say, reveal themselves through just the type of remarks they make, um, the choice of their words, um, how they present certain ideas or suggestions. Um, They might, for example, you know, express their fear of, 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 incompetence or their fear of of not being able to, um, to, 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 um, to do this challenge by using um, language like, oh, um, um, uh, by comparing themselves, for example, to, to their peers and saying, oh, he's very clearly good at this. I will never you know, be able to top this results. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think I'm your best choice to lead this project. You know, why don't you think of colleague XYZ? Uh, they have a lot more expertise in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, they, they might you might catch them blowing up their own mistakes um, or taking responsibility for mistakes uh, that weren't even up to them um so all these kind of things or hesitant phrasing is for example i'm I'm, I'm very good at this um, where where it could be a potential red flag when you hear them say you know um not that i'm an expert by any means Mm but would you ever even consider or you know it's probably worthless but it's just a thought these kind of um very hesitant phrasing when they come up with a proposal because they're just not confident in, in, in their own their own ideas. Mm. Um, or they might undermine deflect whenever you give them a compliment. That's always a good test, you know. Oh, that was very good of you. And if oh it's no big deal, I just got lucky, or you know, mm. it wasn't really because of me. So that that's always a very good test to see um whether these thoughts could be there or not. Um just be be, be very aware of of, of 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 language. Okay. Um, and behaviors yeah. and then yeah behaviors so behaviors i i quickly touched upon it already um uh, there are a typical number of behavioral patterns that um a lot of imposter feel imposters um uh, do to avoid being discovered i'd say it's either to avoid being discovered or to um to make up or to 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 um 
to how do you say it's to compensate for mm-hmm. what they think is their lack of intelligence or competence. Um, the, probably the, the most common one, and I've touched upon it, is holding back, so mm-hmm. making themselves invisible. Um, that was my speciality. So during a meeting. Um, I would feel something coming up that I wasn't comfortable with um, or I was sensing that somebody would ask me a question. I'd quickly go to the toilet or, um, you know, I, I just I just wouldn't wouldn't um, speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they might even have a totally different opinion uh, on a certain subject. Um, but still follow or even mimic, you know, the views of other people because they are afraid of being criticized or challenged. Um, and 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 one um, one thing that is 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 really a pity is that um, it's it's also a, a hamper to creativity mm-hmm. um, because they simply have no confidence in what whatever would come out in in, in a creative flow. Um, so. It, they're more likely to um, to to stick to the beaten track and not come up with alternative solutions or innovative ideas. So it's it's really a hamper on 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 their performance in that way. Um, they won't take on a challenge. They might not, you know, uh, go for a promotion. So it's it's just this um, making themselves as invisible as possible, um, which is a huge internal barrier. Um, to their progress and their success, but also to the business. Mm. Um, so, so that's probably the, the, the biggest one. Um, uh, and uh, another one is, uh, is is those that work extra hard, uh, which are often then labeled as workaholics because they compensate. They want to compensate for their inabilities or for their shortcomings. And so they will overproduce, overprepare, make sure everything's always 100% ready. Um, actually, imposter phenomenon and, and, and perfectionism often go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because they're so afraid to fail, um, they will um, they will, they will uh, over-deliver, over-work uh, extra hard. And so there's an increased risk of, you know, being physically exhausted um, or mentally exhausted, which can lead to depression and burnout, um, which is definitely um, something you, you'd want to avoid as a, as a manager. So, so yeah, work extra hard, hold back. And I think then the last one I'd love to mention is, um, is procrastinate. So pre- procrastination is a very useful tool for imposters um, if they want to um, avoid ha- getting feedback, uh, avoid being hurt. They'll just... just wait until the last minute. Um, it's also the perfect built-in excuse for any possible mistakes because, you know, imagine if you'd work really, really long and hard on something and um, you got, and, 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 the, and the result wasn't very good. That would be so much worse than if you'd just thrown something together last minute and, um, oh, I didn't have a lot of time, so I just, I just, um, I just did this last minute. Mm-hmm. And then if, 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 if it's not perfect, it makes it a little bit less, less, less painful. Um, um, so, so, so yeah, that, that would be, that would be the, the third one, but it, this is all relatively negative. So I just want to end with maybe one, one more positive one, um, that is a positive characteristic or behavior that is, uh, can be linked to imposters, um, which is they they're often very good team workers. So they're, they're the good colleague, um, because they don't necessarily want to stand out individually. Um, they feel really safe working in a team, um, so they they are recognized as having often better interpersonal skills, being very agreeable to work with. They're good listeners, conscientious, you know, workers. They take on board feedback easily, even though inside it might eat them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but they love to work towards common goals. So um, it's 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 they are often very good um, team players, very good team workers. So that's definitely a, a positive one to uh, to highlight. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, okay, so we've got high incidence groups, um, the language that, that people might use and the behaviours they might display. So one of the things that's running through my head is if I was a listener, it could be easy for me to hear um, what you just described and go, all right, okay, so if I see somebody over-preparing or I see somebody procrastinating or I see somebody who's a team worker, that means they have imposter phenomenon, um, mm. which is which I don't think is what you're saying, is it? No. No. So mm-hmm. these are cues. Um, yeah. These are just um, cues to maybe put them on the radar if several 
boxes check. Um, mm -hmm. But then that's where the work starts. And, and then from there, um, you could, um, as a manager, try and talk to the person um, and, 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 and see if, if indeed there are any of those feelings and if indeed it is something they're, they're struggling with. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and and I mentioned at the start of, the, of this episode that I wanted to we or we wanted to make it really practical. So mm -hmm. and and maybe that's maybe that's a really good a good link that you've given us then as as we as we pull the podcast to a, to a close or this this first episode anyway. In terms of um, so we we talked about the those different um, those three different areas: science, groups, language, um, and and behaviours, and how they might be areas to look for. And if there's ticks in, in a few different areas, that might be, that might be a suggestion that potentially mm -hmm. somebody might have, might be experiencing imposter feelings or, or, or might, um, might struggle with imposter phenomenon. Exactly. So what, what, what might be one tip then that you could give a manager to say, right, here's something you can do that would help. Yeah. So, um, in my scripts, I, I just, I discussed about 10, you know, practical methods or, or tips or tools, whatever you want to call it, um, for managers to use. But maybe just before I go into that, maybe and to close this episode, maybe um, before we look at ways to manage people with imposter feelings, might be worth pointing out a natural, very well-intended, but not always very useful reflex that managers have when they are interacting with people's with people with employees that that, that doubt themselves. Um, mm -hmm. So like a what not to do, okay. I suppose, then, in like a way. Like yeah, yeah. What not to do, or th that's maybe a bit, bit harsh, but um, um, because it's so well-intended, but often people go into cheering mode. They go, yes, you can. And, uh, and okay. they go injecting lots of, you know, external energy and lots of positivity and, and give out lots of compliments. And, um, and you know, compliments are great, and, and by all means, don't stop giving them. But be mindful of the of them. The shield, you know, um, mm. they probably will just say thank you, smile, and go thinking the exact same way as they were before. Um, um, and 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 the same goes for good advice. I don't know how many times I've heard, you know, stop compare, comparing yourselves to other people, start believing in yourself, and you know, celebrate your successes. And it just goes right over my head, and it's all so well intended. Um, and I, I sometimes like to compare it with, you know, when when people are worrying and say, "Oh, don't worry, it's going to be all right." Um, and I'm guilty of that. Uh, I've done it well as well, so it's not at all a criticism. But you know, it probably won't stop them from worrying. Um, mm -hmm. So so injecting all this energy and positivity and compliments is is very nice um but it probably won't make much of a difference um and it's probably much more effective to talk with them about their imposter thoughts rather than addressing their imposter mm -hmm. um and 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 that's what we will talk about next time uh, that, that sounds like a great place to to wrap up this first episode hannah and thank you so much for for sharing your your own experiences as well as the as well as the wider um, as well as the wider wider research as well, um, and I, I, I don't know I feel like we I feel like it would be beneficial before the listener queues up episode two, is is to just take some time to think about all the different kind of ground that we've covered as we worked our way through. So, is there something that you would encourage the listener to do before we go on to to episode two? I mean, what could be useful, what, what could be a nice uh, challenge or um, little, little task, I don't like the word, but it would be good for people to just have a, have a think of who is walking around in the office and, um, you know, who, who, who you think based on, on, on you know, all these, uh, all these checkboxes um, could potentially be struggling um, with these feelings. Might be might be good to just give that a thought. Do you, do you, do you, mm. do you see them? Um, mm. Yeah. And um, would it be okay then if we if if we put say a template or something in the show notes or, or a link to a document in the show notes that somebody could download then and, and be able to to use that to if they're looking at you know if they're thinking of their team that they work with whether that be virtually or in an office. 
um, mm, yeah, that they've absolutely. got some of those areas that we've discussed to, to look at. Would yeah. that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Definitely. Yeah. Wonderful. Would I also... Um, okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, please go. Yes. So I'm in the process process of writing this um, audio book or whatever it will be. Um, and, and so I'd welcome any... Um, uh, feedback if people think you know you missed that or I don't agree with that any any kind of feedback but also um, if people have you know stories to share about how they've been managed successfully or unsuccessfully as an imposter or the other way around uh, people that have had imposters in their team and how, how they've managed them and what's successful and what's not that would be really helpful um, and I would um warmly like to invite them to uh, to reach out um to get to get in touch absolutely and we'll, we'll put your contact details in the show notes for people as well all right wonderful Wonderful. all right in that case then hannah thank you for sharing your thinking so far and fair listener uh, we look forward to welcoming you back for episode two you've been listening to the emotion at work podcast and if you got this far you must be interested in the role that emotions have in the workplace either within individuals between people in teams or in organizations as a whole so head over to the emotion at work hub which you can find at community.emotionatwork.co.uk thanks for listening